The character of God, the most debated subject in all of Christianity within America. Is God capricious and arbitrary in judgment? Does God endorse slavery, rape, and baby murder? These are the topics that's rocking the Christian world. We're talking about that today, right here on the Dunamis Word. Call somebody and tell them that Pastor Burnett and the Dunamis Word is on the air and your blessing is coming to you today. We are believers in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. All right. Hey, listen, God bless you, my friend. Thank you for tuning in. This is Pastor Harvey Burnett welcoming you to another special edition of the Dunamis Word broadcast. And I'm just excited. I'm glad. I'm thrilled that you've taken the time to join us today. Listen, um, you know how to reach me. Go out to our blog there. If you're listening to us, if you didn't get here by way of the blog, go out to the blog at www.bethelburnett. That's all one word. B-E-T-H-E-L Burnett.blogspot.com. Uh, peruse our articles. Uh, we're dealing with some very important topics. We're dealing with the character and the nature of God. This is part two of our uh, little mini series that we've started there. And also um, go out and uh, comment 
uh, on anything that you would like there. Uh, our comments are moderated. Uh, you know, we weed out, uh, weed out the haters. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, uh, go out there and comment. Also, send us your prayer requests by way of uh, email. Dunamis1 at netzero.com. That's D-U-N-A-M-I-S-1. That's the number one at netzero.com. Listen, I'm going to uh, go right into this uh, particular edition of the broadcast last uh, time or in our first part uh, of this particular series, we talked about um, uh, slavery and we're going to do a pushback section to probably a third um, uh, podcast on the pushbacks that we get from these first two or three particular broadcasts. And we're just going to do an apologetic pushback and just deal with uh, all the uh, commentary or anything that uh, would come up as a result in that third section there or third, maybe even fourth session. I, we don't know exactly what it'll be at this point. But nevertheless, we wanted to, um, uh, you know, kind of reiterate uh, that so far as slavery is concerned, just like we ended the broadcast. Uh, this is why we believe in, you know, the New Testament and the work of Jesus. Um, uh, you know, the Old Testament leaves us hanging. You know, people question, uh, you know, well, even in light of the fact of the things that I've said uh, in last broadcast uh, leaves us hanging. OK, well, what did God mean? What did God want for people? Well, we see that in Jesus when he says that he has come uh, to set the captive free. He means just exactly what he said. Um, and you see that reverberated in the Old Testament. That that was the plan and the intention of God to set the captive free, to liberate uh, those who and to heal those who were brokenhearted, to liberate those that were bound. You know, you take it for what it says. You take everything else for what he says. If you're a critic of the Bible, you take everything else for what it says. Why don't you take that? That comes directly, uh, you know, out of the Old Testament that the Lord has come to set the captive free to liberate them that are captives if there's anything that points to breaking or destroying the bond of slavery is that and jesus comes as god not just as a man but he comes as god and he even reiterates what god says <laughs> in fact that's his mission he reads the scroll of isaiah as his first mission you know, to 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 preach uh, to to those who heal, the, those who are broken, uh, the lame walk, the the deaf ears are open, the blinded eyes are uh, you know see, and all of those things. That this is his mission to set people free, and then by the time Paul gets finished with it, he says, you know, there's neither bond nor free, <laughs> for all are one in Christ Jesus. Paul's uh, um, admonitions to uh, 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 for Onesimus, who was a slave, he said, this is my son. This is not a slave, but this is my son. This is one who who I have born uh, myself. And he told his slave master to entreat him as a brother, not as a slave, slave master or servant. Oh, my goodness gracious. How much more clear can it be? Christ and this is why as I said uh, to conclude that broadcast every abolitionist uh, that I'm aware of that made any significant progress of um, uh, seeking to downturn or or move slavery out of the way 
and off the landscape of of morality. Uh, use the Bible as its backbone to do that, as opposed to using any secular invention. Uh, evolution is about the the uh, uh, the worst proposition. If you're a materialist, it's about the worst proposition. There is no freedom uh, in evolution. There is none. The whole proposition of evolution is not based on equality. There is no equality. There is no no way to overcome slavery. In fact, evolution encourages the convention because it pits uh, it, it, it promotes the survival of the fittest. And uh, if you have any disadvantage, evolution certainly stands uh, in the uh, or certainly promotes that only those who are fit. Those who are able should um, uh, be in power or in control or in charge. Everybody else should be subject to them. So that's about the worst proposition. If you're talking about being free, materialism is the absolute worst proposition or worldview to hold and to try to contend that you're against um, uh, slavery or against uh, or for equality for anyone that's that's just a ridiculous argument people just don't even know what they what they talk about and or what they uh, believe haven't even thought it through but you need to sit down and think as we get into this uh, particular topic uh, today we're getting into the complex one of of women and rape now the uh, the accuser says <laughs> this is the accuser this is satan himself uh, says that uh, uh, the Lord uh, endorses rape in the Old Testament. Remember what we said, uh, Richard Dawkins, uh, you know, he, he called God everything. <laughs> you know, he said he's a megalomaniac. Uh, he's uh, selfish. He's prideful. He's this, that, and the other. You know, every negative characteristic, this is Satan himself speaking, every negative uh, characteristic, this is what uh, Dawkins claims. And then those who are uh, uh, supposedly uh, educators uh, show how really dumb they are when they try to uh, pick out various pieces of the Bible without looking at the Bible in its complete context for the message that it says. And everything that's in the Bible is not a object lesson for us or not a teaching or an encouragement to do certain things. Certain things are recordings of historical events. So the Bible does not shade or hide the recording of historical events no more than American history and the shamefulness that happened in America. You, uh, Dawkins uh, even mentioned, uh, let's uh, ban the Bible, um, you know, or or not Dawkins, Hector Avalos, I'm sorry. Let's basically uh, uh, ban the Bible or, or, or whatever. I don't know exactly what he was proposing. I hope he wasn't proposing censorship, but it is a, a silly idea either way. But let's ban the Bible for the content that it has. Okay, well, let's look at just the American history, which is, what, um, 200 to 400 years uh, old here. You know, we're going back to 1600s. And let's look at some of the things that Columbus said about the Indians when he found them, how, how docile the Indians were and how uh, how he thought the Indians were stupid. And he even... Uh, uh, professed and basically claimed, hey, look, we can make servants out of all these people. <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, we know what happened since then. Many, many, many promises were made. One of the old 
promises were showed up in a movie. Uh, they said that we would have this land. The Indians uh, 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 were told by the white man, the European invaders, um, that uh, the European immigrants, uh, that uh, that the Indians would have that land for as long as the the grass is green, the sky is blue. That they would always have the land, and and that wasn't true. There was raping and and pillaging and all of this, and this battle wasn't done in the name of the Lord. This battle was done in the name of flesh. And so we see all of these things happen historically. So if we're going to purge anything from history, uh, shouldn't we begin with our own history? Set a point at the history of another nation. Begin with our own history. You want to purge anything. You want to sanitize anything. You want to keep people from uh, seeing the, the, the bad. Don't rewrite history you want to keep them from seeing uh bad and deplorable acts don't rewrite history tell history as it really is tell them how you how they really um uh, treated slaves how they uh used uh women as sexual objects um the hot and tot venus came from someplace how they used uh that lady uh in uh what they were doing for their own cause and Lord, forgive me for calling her that lady. Her name should never be forgotten. Sarah Bartman, it was her name. She was a woman, a black woman with unusual body features, at least to the European white man that used her and experimented with her, uh, uh, raped and defiled her her whole life. And uh, uh, let's, let's talk about those type of things. Uh, you, you're talking about atrocity. Well, let's just talk about the atrocities that happened here as opposed to uh, the history of another nation. You want to ban something. Ban that. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, let's go into the scripture. We, we look at Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 20, and, and also chapter uh, 20, 21, and 22. Deuteronomy chapter 20, 21, and 22. And I'm going to go through this here um, because, um, you know, I'm running up against uh, some time and I want to, don't want to really bore you um, with details here in this um, uh, particular broadcast. And uh, I want you to come back and listen to other broadcasts as we go through it. But um, when we look at Deuteronomy chapter 20, and, and we'll just start there. Let's do that in, in order of the Bible here, and then we'll kind of go through subject matter. And we want to look at two uh, various things here. We want to look at the uh, treatment and subjugation of women. Uh, we want to look at the claim that Israel just used women as sexual objects uh, that God endorsed or at least sat silently when it came to rape. And that there was repeated rape in the Bible where God went silent and said nothing. Those are the criticisms uh, offered by the critic. And they quote verses and all kinds of things. And they they do what's called uh, uh, refit things. They retrofit things to to make it they take one scripture from one place take another scripture from another and they retrofit uh things together and and you can do that with just about any subject you can take one scripture out of context and then add it to another scripture and take that out of context then you have another whole context or, or pretext that you create and you quote a bunch of scriptures and next thing you know you have that um <laughs> you know <laughs> It, it, and this is exactly what they do with this subject because uh, they're haters of God. But Deuteronomy 20 and 10 uh, talks about, uh, begins to talk about the destruction of the nations that God has commanded judgment upon. 
Uh, and there were six nations that God uh, told Israel to utterly destroy. By listening to the critic, you would think it was the whole Middle East that God said to destroy. I mean, everybody. But there were six nations that he said to utterly destroy that Israel actually did not utterly destroy. And God uh, said, okay, I'm going to leave these nations there to prove Israel by those nations to see what they do since they're so smart. We're going to let them see what happens uh, with them. But they were the Hittites, the Amorites, Canaanites, uh, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. You'll find that in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 17. Uh, and in that, there was a command that if these soldiers um, came across a woman uh, or women that um, uh, actually, and this is in chapter 21, um, but uh, in chapter 21, there was instruction that if they came across women from these nations, uh, actually from not from those nations, but from uh, other nations that they had war with, because those nations, everyone was supposed to be utterly destroyed. There was supposed to be no intermarriage uh, in those particular nations. But the nations, the other nations that surrounded them, that um, that Israel would defeat or occupy or take over. Uh, and if they saw um, that there was uh, uh, women there that were fair, that they wanted to an operable word take for their wife. OK, and we're going to talk about that in the second part of this broadcast today. If they wanted to take them for their wife, then there was a certain procedure and a certain path that they had to do uh, or had to proceed in in order to make that that possible. Uh, and we're going to examine that. Uh, but Deuteronomy 21 begins to talk about it. And listen, I'm running up against a break here, so we'll pick this up on the other side. Life comes at you fast. Are you ready? We are the professionals of Dunamis Insurance and Business Services. For the best rate life, health, and disability insurance plans, and the most affordable fee structures for estate and business planning needs, we are the company of choice. For a quote or to confidentially discuss your situation, call us at 309-648-5351 or email us at dunamis1 at netzero.com. Also, feel free to check out our website at Dunamis Insurance on Wix.com. And remember, at Dunamis, we offer powerful solutions. And don't you dare forget, call Dunamis. We'll be right there. All right, listen, um, as we were talking about the uh, battles, when Israel won a battle uh, and the uh, nation did not submit or the nation uh, submitted uh, to them, they were supposed to honor that nation and go on. But if they did not submit, Israel was given permission by God to go in and destroy uh, that petitioner that particular nation to break their will. One of the first things that um, Israel was uh, given leave by God to do was to destroy the men of that city. Why? Because the men represented the strength of that particular nation and to save the women and children alive for themselves. That was one of the things uh, that they were given right or given the ability um, uh, to do. Uh, so God commanded the men to be killed, but not the woman. Um, but the critic asserts that God commanded that the soldiers could rape the women and pillage them <clears throat> and and all of that and, and murder the babies and all that, uh, which is a bunch of garbage. But nevertheless, uh, just going into the scripture, 
we pick up on the treatment of the foreign or strange non-Israelite women, I call them strange women, uh, here in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 10 through 14. Uh, what the uh, man was to do that found uh, a woman that said, hey, look, I can, uh, I'm a single man, I can make her, a, make her my wife. Um, you know, we've taken everything else from her. Uh, I can make her uh, my wife and subsequently give her a life. Uh, what he was supposed to do was take and recondition or reform that woman by shaving her head and paring her nails and have to understand the customs of the day in order to understand that. Uh, uh, even in Paul's day, it talked about the women's hair. Uh, that it shouldn't be uh, plaited with gold and costly arrays, so forth and so on, because those were customs of uh, that particular time frame and also customs of the time frame before Paul, uh, which was some, you know, thousands of years or so, uh, that uh, uh, they had certain customs of wearing hair, doing certain things uh, certain ways. And Paul said, we want you, uh, basically Paul, or the or the God said here uh, in the scripture in the uh, Old Testament that um, the identity of the old was supposed to be changed. So shave her head. In other words, take out the um, the um, uh, uh, those uh, gold and costly array. The gold and the costly array, as I was saying, um, and also um, you were supposed to uh, pair her nails. And again, we talked about that previously when. Uh, a woman's fingernails grew as the custom was in this land to let fingernails grow and grow and grow. And that was to pertain to her uh, to um, uh, eventually be some form of status um, to have these long fingernails. So cut those fingernails back uh, to a de decent length and remove her former identity. That was uh, the imperative of verse uh, 12. Verse 13 uh, was also to put off her captivity, put off those old clothes and also wait 30 days of mourning. Give her 30 days to mourn uh, the loss of her family and the loss of her former life. Uh, so put off the captivity. Not supposed to look like you were uh, belonging to that foreign or strange nation any longer. Verse 14 said uh, that if uh, you get together with her and told the men if they get together with her and find no delight in her. Um, you know either you just don't get along there's something there's going to be you know, she can't not be your wife. And by the way, in these particular verses through verse uh, 12 to 14, uh, wife, the word wife is mentioned twice where rape is not mentioned at all uh, in these particular verse. So the object here was not of raping these women. The object was to make her a wife and to be a husband to the wife. Uh, so but if there was no provision, if there was no getting along, um, there was some restrictions. Um the that she was not a slave um, the bible said that she was not a slave she can't be sold you can't make profit off of her anyway the man was restricted and she has the right to go anywhere that she wants she can either leave or stay so the the um uh, another particular part of the objection was that women were objectified they were just used as objects no that's not the case here this woman had rights objects don't have rights so this woman had rights. She could stay or she can leave. This is a woman that is a non-Israelite woman. She had rights and she can go and do what she wanted uh, to do. Uh, so it's very important that the story, number one, is straight. There was no uh, um, uh, commendation to rape or pillage 
That's not in, that's not in the script scripture. And you can't use the Bible. You can't use what's not there to try to prove that it was because it's not real quickly going on to Deuteronomy chapter 22. Uh, uh, from there, uh, we start to get down verse 13, verse 13 to 30. We start dealing with various sexual laws and these sexual laws are to run. Uh, so we already seen what happens with women, how men soldiers were supposed to interact with the women who were of foreign countries. Now let's look at how the interaction of the men were, uh, uh, to women of the country. These are other Israelite women. Uh, and, um, it starts off in verse 13 is talking about a man accusing a wife that he just married of fornication and possibly even pregnancy, uh, when he is married. A woman was found to not be a virgin, or at least the husband claims, you know, he went into her, uh, consummated the marriage and found out, hey, this this girl ain't a virgin. And and he has a problem with that. He had the right of recourse. Uh, he had uh, can go back to his father because he had paid a dowry for uh, his wife. But he go back to uh, the woman's father and he makes a complaint and he makes a complaint to the elders of the city. Uh, but the father had the right to defend his daughter as well and to defend his family name by presenting what was called the tokens of virginity. Now, we looked at that and there's a couple of different uh, interpretations on what tokens of virginity are. But one thing that's clear is that it was some type of sheet uh, that maybe the woman had laid on or uh, and uh, uh, maybe a menstrual garment uh, that the woman had uh, before. Um, it gets kind of uh, foggy to understand uh, because uh, even a a woman that's had sex has a you know a menstrual period. I mean, uh, a menstrual cycle happens in virgins and non-virgins as well. Uh, so it could have been associated with pregnancy or the onset of pregnancy. But nevertheless, the father has his bed sheet, uh, which represents the last menstrual cycle of the woman, and he can spread it out and argue his case before the elders of the city. And the whole thing is about uh, removing the shame that falls upon the family for this accusation. And if um, the uh, and, and there are certain rights um, uh, for this. If the man is found guilty, then the husband, uh, the new husband, has to pay for this public trial, for this bringing shame uh, up on this family. And so in verse 19, it, it calls for the reimbursement. Uh, but if she is solidified and, and she's solidified as his wife and he cannot divorce and or put her away. So the possibility he can't he can't do it. It's not according to the law. However, if she's been found unfaithful, guess what? In verse 20, she is stoned. Now, some people have a problem with that. And listen, there's nothing, thank God, that we do today. Uh, but uh, but listen, some people have a problem with that. And uh, and we certainly understand it. But listen, the whole thing was about bringing shame upon Israel to say that God was not interested. And in what was happening sexually, as we've heard different ones say over time, is is a totally ridiculous argument. He's certainly interested in this. He's certainly interested in whether the woman uh, was chaste or a virgin um, when she got married or not in this particular time. Uh, so much and so until it was a matter of life and death. And so uh, God thought it was important enough to include. So here we have the woman that uh, 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 that she was stoned. She was judged by God as being unfit, unworthy, and uh, uh, she would run into being stoned. And again, this is one of those things here that thank God for mercy and grace. That's why thank God our, our life isn't in the Old Testament. For all of you critics listening, uh, the Christian life is not buried in the Old Testament. 
We have the New Testament. We have Jesus. We have God's express word walking among us, living and breathing to show us a path of grace, mercy and truth, which he extends upon us. And he extends to us because why he is is and has always been that God of grace, mercy and truth. But it is revealed in Jesus as he walks among us. So, yes, that's why we thank God that we are not just living by the Old Testament. That's why some folks you, you, you offend God trying to just live by the Old Testament. Oh, we're just going to go by Old Testament law. No, you're not. You're not going to make it. You're not going to live and survive. If you're going by the Old Testament letter of the law, let me go further. Verse 22 uh, and uh, and further in this particular chapter begins to outline various situations. And I'm not going to finish this today, but uh, so we're going to run this over into part three. But uh, number one, uh, verse 22 talks about the married woman committing adultery. The married woman basically commits adultery, sleeps with another man. What, what did that result in? The death penalty for both the man and the woman. Verse 23 a betrothed virgin or a, a virgin that was promised to another, but sleeps with another. She does this voluntarily. She's not overtaken. What happens? Death penalty for both of those caught in this for bringing shame upon the family and the camp and the tribe of Israel. Verse 24 of bet- of 25, a betrothed virgin raped by a man. What was the penalty? Death penalty. For the man who raped the woman, the woman was not penalized or accused at all. So, critic, listen, stop your ranting. God didn't endorse uh, rape. That's the death penalty. Verse 25, Deuteronomy chapter 22, for rape itself. Oh, my God, help us. Listen, saints, we will catch you next time right here at the Dunamis Word. God bless you.